Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. Hello, Internet. Welcome to the Get Geek Podcast. How's it going on, y'all, you geeks out there? Um, we got a great episode coming up for you this week. But first, let's introduce ourselves as usual. This is Jose. And this is Gabe, also known to most of you guys out there as Wolfie. Yeah, man. And like I said, we got a great episode this week. But first, a couple of disclaimers. As usual, y'all have heard this many, 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 many times before, but we just want to mention it again for the respect of our fans. Like I said, we are recording remotely. We have been recording remotely for some time. Uh, So if there are any sound issues or artifacts, please let us know. Reach out to us. We appreciate any feedback on the podcast. So please let us know if there's any sound issues or any other issues or any other questions or anything that you want to talk to us about with the podcast. And by the way, of course, the best way to support your favorite podcast is to like, rate, share, and subscribe to your favorite podcast on your favorite podcast platforms. You know the spiel. You know all those platforms. Uh, Just look for us wherever your favorite podcasts are sold. So anyway, um, yeah, we appreciate our fans. Thank you very much. Like, rate, share, and subscribe to the Get Geek Podcast. Um, let's talk about what we've been geeking out about, I guess, for the Word. last... Right, man? Do you want to go ahead and tell me what you've been geeking out about, Wolfie? Oh, um, well, I've been geeking out over a couple things. Um, mm-hmm. But mainly, it's been um, just like Netflix streaming. Just, you know, I've been finding a little bit of time to kind of catch up on some stuff or maybe revisit some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, WandaVision ha- itself has kind of... Um, rekindled my desire to uh step back into the mcu and um you know watch anything that's related to wandavision so started watching uh ultron and um and and you know it's funny because like watching it again i'm realizing things that i didn't catch on the first time i saw it ultron itself kind of falls in a it's a little bit like to me, I always considered it the weakest of the Avenger films personally, like as far as, you know, um, how much I enjoyed it. You know, I just felt like the first time I saw it, it was very, very convoluted. I love the fact that they introduced vision in it and all that, but I felt like it was a bit too, too much stuff going on. Um, and I don't know why I felt that when I first saw it, but I, I only agree. saw the film. I only saw the film one time. You know? I agree. I, I actually agree with that because there is a heck of a lot going on in that movie and they yeah. introduced a lot yeah. of new characters in that movie all at once. And they moved through Ultron's arc really, really fast in that movie as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true um, because Ultron Ultron is it could have been a big bad, you mm-hmm. know, on the level of like Thanos, you know. He could have yeah. easily been, you know, because Ultron was a huge <laughs> event in the comics. Yeah, he usually is a really big bad on the level of Thanos, like yeah. just like you said. Exactly. So, so yeah, they crammed in a lot, um, and I think that's what kind of 
you know, I don't know if I also had like Marvel fatigue at the time. You know, at this point, like there's already been so many Marvel movies and so on and so forth. Mm. Um, so I don't want to say that I was over it, but I was definitely like, all right, I got through it. I like I enjoyed it, but it wasn't I didn't love it. But now that I'm rewatching it because of WandaVision, you know, I'm trying to like revisit, you know, how they got introduced and, you know, how their, you know, relationship actually blossomed. Um, I, I didn't realize that I missed so many like little hidden gems of dialogue and lines that really now make me look at Ultron as one of the best Avenger movies. One of the best. Yeah. Um, where would you rank it in the, f- I guess there's four Avenger movies, right? Right. So it, it was your number four before? Uh, it was my number, number three. Four. Um, okay. So obviously, um, and it's funny because I consider Civil War an Avengers film um, just because <laughs> okay. every single member is in there. And it's, you know, one group of Avengers versus another group of Avengers, basically. Mm. Uh, but I won't so count five then. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, like I would, I, I would put it in there as an honorable mention, but it's not officially an Avengers movie, so I won't rank it. Um, but I would put the so you have Avengers one, then you have wait, remind me again. Yeah, then you have Age Civil, of Ultron. Right? You have Age of Ultron. Then you have you know the uh, Infinity Stones, and then and then and then Endgame, right? Right. And you have Civil War in between um, Ultron and. And Infinity War and Endgame. Right. See, yeah. Civil War makes sense. I feel like it should have just been Avengers Civil War. Um, because I actually should. I feel like I should have been there, to be honest. Um, so I I would actually put it on the same level of um, Avengers Infinity. Um, of Infinity War, really? Okay. I would put it on that same level. Is that your favorite or is that your second favorite? Well, that's my second favorite. Uh, I would put it. So I would put, obviously, I would put Endgame first. Then I would put, if I could, I'd put Civil War second. Then I'd put Mm. Ultron and Infinity War third with the original as the, my, my least favorite, but it's hard for me to say least favorite, right? Because the first Avenger was amazing. So, so it like leaps over the first Avengers. In yeah, a way. yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Loki, Loki is a wow. Loki was was the classic villain that most people appreciated more than Ultron in the end. But so you're you're thinking his characterization, Ultron's, is actually better than Loki's, or it's just a better movie overall? I just think that it's a better movie overall because the thing is that Ultron is a villain without realizing that he's a villain. That's the thing. You know, yeah. Ultron is a byproduct of Tony Stark. But the other the other thing that makes Ultron Ultron the film interesting is that it's, it's the only one where where it's almost like not really an Avengers film um, in the sense that like a storyline wise. Right. Because like in all the other Avenger films, it's you have this big issue that was created from elsewhere that now the Avengers have to solve. This one was purely 100 percent their fault. You know, so it's like they're cleaning up their own mess. Um, but there was just much more overarching um uh i guess ideas in the film that that were extremely pivotal for the majority of the characters for the rest of all the films that came afterwards right like thor's vision um of uh of of his role in asgard and tony stark's 
vision causing him to be to feel like he needs to become the savior of humanity and mm -hmm. and everyone's vision it, I, I didn't realize how impactful ultron was until i saw the sequence of each one of them being manipulated by uh by wanda and seeing a vision that ultimately changed them as characters all of them all of it was them a climax changed. in the in this this portion of the story at least you can see yeah sure. yeah absolutely um and then obviously also watching uh like <laughs> the hulk fight with the uh with hulkbuster that has to rank <laughs> yeah. as at least top three you know superhero battles of all time like just the fun of that scene seeing like hulk be that scary yeah that like for example like when when tony's in the hulkbuster and everything and he's like trying to calm the hulk down and he mentions uh banner and then hulk goes crazy i was like all right that's right don't mention puny banner and then all of a sudden hulk starts like beating the crap out of like tony stark <laughs> it was just so funny it's just it was just such a well done fight scene and and it kind of you know it's a little bit of a shame that um that we didn't get that hulk at all in endgame you know i know that like they didn't they wanted to go with uh you know uh Brainiac Hulk or Professor Hulk, Professor Hulk, um, but not seeing the, the 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 true Hulk be released, like I I don't think that in any of the films did we see Hulk be Hulk more so than in the battle with the Hulkbuster. I recommend everybody to just go back and just watch that scene alone <laughs> by itself and enjoy it. That's how good it was. Yeah, uh, that's a good fight because I feel like the Hulk is either just way stronger than anything that he fights or like there's something that's that's way stronger than him. That was kind of a really cool like even battle and he's just like tearing pieces of the the suit off eventually and like, right. the way that he gets dropped through that building is ridiculous. But the thing is that I like even it. even the difference of like seeing Hulk go against Thanos which was you know obviously he was on the losing end of that that, that battle and stuff like that. I still don't feel like I saw the even even in um, Thor Ragnarok, we didn't see the Hulk rage that we saw in this one. In nope. this one, when when Tony's like beating him up and he has like the uh, the jackhammer punches hitting him in the face, kind of like he's doing he's throwing the kitchen sink at the Hulk, everything. And then when Hulk finally like you know kind of gets up, he like washes away some spit, obviously moving around some loose teeth, and spits out, and then looks back at Tony, and Tony's like, uh oh. And then, like, he just goes and pummels the crap out of him after Tony already threw the best that he could at him. That, like, it was just such a cool, like, it was pure Hulk rage. And and it's yeah. just, oh, it was so good. Like, I want to see that Hulk so bad. I Not that I want to see it. Hulk destroying stuff all the time, but it's just so, so good to, to be reminded of why people are afraid of the Hulk so much. You know what though? Like I'm, I'm confident that we'll see that Hulk again because the way that that Kevin Feige kind of runs the MCU, he loves to take from some of the best storylines. He then like he reinterprets we'll it. We'll so you, you know, he's got to do something like a World Breaker Hulk at some point. I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I feel like what they and I don't believe that they're doing this because if not, they would be sowing the seeds for this now. But I feel like they should create a Hulk cinematic universe. Like Hulk is strong enough to carry an actual cinematic universe if you if you tell it the right way and if you have like Mike Mark Ruffalo who who loves being the Hulk embodies him even outside and Bruce Banner embodies that character outside of film you know there's a lot of people that like once they're done with their character they don't want to be that character but it seems like all the MCU actors um, love representing those uh, characters that they played outside of yeah. film and stuff 
Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it's this is I, I want to see a Hulk cinematic universe for real. Oh, man, Walt will you love know? that too. <laughs> I want to see a Red Hulk, Gray Hulk. I want to see World Breaker. I want to see Immortal Hulk. I want to see all of it. Give me a Hulk show. <laughs> Hulk's son. Yeah. Oh, my all God. the characters. There's so much. There's so Hulk has so much depth. It's unbelievable that they've had to like restart Hulk so many times. But anyway, I feel like we're going to see a lot more out of the Hulk. I don't I know. Think we'll, so too. We'll see. I think so too. I, Maybe I not the world breaker Hulk. You, it, yeah. it seems like you don't think that that's going to be a thing, but I wonder what, not yet, not yet. Go. Because I think that like, you know, we'll talk about this when we talk about WandaVision, but I think that it's almost relatively clear what path we're going with uh phase four. So. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to make a point about WandaVision as well. Yeah. But I'll definitely save that for when we talk about the episode because there's one there's more thing that I'm geeking out over and I won't spend, I won't spend too much time on this. Um, but, um, I'm, I'm giving, I don't want to say a try because it's not like I, I, I didn't want to watch this, but, um, um, I, I restarted watching, uh, Jojo's bizarre adventure again. Oh, nice. So, um, <laughs> it's such a good show. It's I remember, I mean, I, I was watching it before, especially after like AJ, um was just always he he there was like a a a streak of aj geeking out over jojo's bizarre adventure for like four or five episodes in a, in a row explaining ridiculous fight scenes and circumstances and situations <laughs> happening and stuff and so i started watching it then and and you know i i fell off for whatever reason um and then uh a friend of mine on on instagram a longtime friend of mine started like you know, like it, it just reminded me of like JoJo's and we started talking again about it and how ridiculous the show is. And and so I started uh, watching it again. And and um, the thing is that I'm watching it dubbed and, and usually I will watch a show that uh, an anime that's dubbed if I know that it's going to be a good voiceover dub. Right. Mm-hmm. And I do my research first and I see online that a lot of people believe that like the dub is actually um just as good if not better than the sub simply because we're talking about an anime that's uniquely featuring an entire uh british english um world in old english dialogue so it's like you gotta kind of watch it dubbed so that you can get the 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 british um the the slang and and the dialogue that they have (laughs) now on the other end, subbed apparently is remarkable because not only do they have superb sub voice acting, but mm. they very specifically have um, English <laughs> in the show where a, a lot of the, some of the lines and some of the catchphrases and one liners mm. are in English, but basically horribly accented by a Japanese voiceover, clearly. And that's apparently what makes the sub so unique and, 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 and <laughs> loved. Um, oh, no, I haven't seen I haven't seen the sub. That's where I'm going to go back and do that. So I promise that I'm going to watch at least the first season dubbed and I'll rewatch it subbed, you know, just to see the comparison and all that stuff. But yes, the show is absolutely bonkers and ridiculous. It's unbelievable that this show was even made. Um, but uh, I'm loving it so far. So but yeah, that's what I'm geeking out over. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I love that show as well. And I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it subbed. I normally like to rewatch it sub or excuse me, I normally like to watch most anime subbed first. I think that's like the best way to start, right? In the in the purest form <clears throat> if you can, but somebody introduced it to me dubbed. So I saw it first dubbed. 
Um, I don't I don't know if that's like the most accurate thing anymore though, because I think that like what it is that like for a long time. You watch it subbed because the voice actors are better representing the emotion that the actors are displaying from the sub point of view. Because of dubbed, you know, like like the actors that are dubbing it are they would kind of just get like low rated voice actors and the dub would not be good quality and stuff and whatnot. Like, you know, as much as I love like Dragon Ball Z, Mm -hmm. you can tell that like the dub is just, you know, it's kind of like whatever actors really. But nowadays, because of anime being so popular, they invest a lot of money in getting the best artists or rather voice actors to 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 dub, you know, a lot of shows. And and there's been a a huge uptick in quality. Like, for example, Darling Mm -hmm. in the Franks has an amazing dub. You know, the actors in, in, in on the, that show, Darling and the Franks, are amazing, beautiful, you know, beautifully represent the emotions being displayed on screen. And and um, that's that one. That anime is actually the one that kind of changed my mind about watching things dubbed first. You know, I saw that and fell in love with um, the show and the studio, Gainax and, you know, or not, not Gainax. Um, uh Oh my gosh, I forgot that I understood. I'm gonna have to look that up for you guys. But um, but yeah, I fell in love with it, and then I started looking up into looking looking up more awesome dubbed anime. So, yeah. I wonder if some of those people came from uh, Chris Sabat's voiceover company because mm, maybe he, like kind of changed the game, right? I gotta take a look at that. Yeah, he, he does did. a lot of that. He did. He did. Um, you know the and the one of the things that I'm geeking out about is actually a rewatch in the same vein as what you're doing. Uh, with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, except it's another show that I started watching uh, dubbed, and now I'm going back and I'm rewatching it subbed, um, and that's Attack on Titan. I'm watching that subbed all over again. Uh, I had not. Oh my seen god! It I still gotta watch this. I gotta. You know what? I just realized I gotta drop everything that I'm doing and watch Attack on Titan just because people uh, are berating me for not continuing it. Season five or season four is absolutely amazing so far i I, but i don't want to talk about that too much because i know you haven't seen it yet and i know you're you're somewhere in in are you done with season three or are you somewhere no i know i'm in i'm in the middle of season three you know what i'm gonna start it tonight i'm gonna i'm gonna go back and rewatch season three so i can finally watch season four um because there's just i don't want to get spoiled so and it seems like spoilers are you know, here and there, thankfully, nothing that I can understand. <laughs> so, because I'm so far behind, but um, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. It's definitely, you, you really have to catch up because even on the rewatch, I'm just seeing just how great it is and how some of the, the storylines and the build up and the pacing for all of the different characters like Aaron and, and, you know, Mikasa and Armin, you know, like... Levi, all the like really, really incredible, really, really, really fleshed out, fleshed out characters, you know, Bertholdt and Reiner and like everyone that's just so central to the narrative. Um, It's just been a great rewatch. I think I went through like about five or six episodes just yesterday alone, just been binge watched season one episodes, still on season one. You know, I started rewatching it around there and it's just, I'm just really, really appreciating all of the great narrative ticks, all of the great writing that they have with, you know, the Battle of Trost and all of that early on in the season and, and all of Aaron's character set up and the way that they set up a lot of the other characters that become central, like later on, you know, trying not to spoil it as well. I don't know how far exactly you are into 
season three where where major revelations occur. <clears throat> the last um, thing that I, mean, I saw is when they showed um, the the ape titan that was speaking and everything. Okay, the orangutan so, looking dude. There's there are some huge. I mean, as you no doubt understand, because you said you don't have any idea what the spoilers you're seeing on the internet are. There's some huge revelations and changes in in the the show, and season four has been just fantastic so far. And they changed animation studios, which w- which had people worried. Really? Yeah, they changed animation studios between because season one, two, three, they had this this studio grinding. Uh, I think it was Kodansha Studio. Um, and I, I'm not sure who the new studio is, but I, I mean, I should really, really actually look this up because they definitely deserve a shout out. Like Attack on Titan season four animation has been fantastic in its own way so far. Um, but the rewatch of season one has been just great so far again, trying not to make any, create any spoilers for anyone, but it's definitely an anime that people need to watch because the themes underlying the show the character development the animation is absolutely amazing and at some points like somebody pointed it out to me and it's totally true it was like somebody in japan was like how do we make characters that can move around like spider-man but like they're regular humans what what is the technology that we can use oh man right it's kind of like that yeah and that's what makes it so cool at the same time and that's something that i think people will enjoy who enjoy good anime and good superhero content and all kinds of great content of that sort. But that's been awesome. And yeah, you got to catch up on to, to season four because it's been really great so far. Um, let me see if I can find the animation studio very quickly. Cause I think I really, yeah, let's see. This is from CBR.com. <clears throat> The first three seasons were actually handled by, animated by WIT or WIT Studio. And this one is handled by MAPPA. They're known for hits such as Yuri on Ice. Again, this is from CBR.com. Oh, man. Yuri on Ice is a, like a hit show. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've heard a lot about it. I've read a lot about it. So it seems to be like a very, very big one. Okay. See, so, yeah, the, the animation is top notch, and I, I guess that might be behind the popularity of Yuri on Ice as well, but um, Attack on Titan definitely is the the first thing that I've been geeking out about, and the other thing that I've been geeking out about is something that I think you played um, some time back, closer to its release, uh, the Hideo Kojima uh, game Death Stranding. Oh, snap. I'm still yeah. playing. I'm still not, 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 not finished with it. <laughs> it's it's I, a I, game I mean, that I haven't, I, yeah, I haven't made it able to dedicate time to it. It's definitely a game that I can see taking a lot of time of your time to complete, though, because there's it seems like there's a lot to do, which is one of the things that I really, 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 really enjoy about this game. And I love Hideo Kojima because I just have to say, like, he's so good at creating these these weird and interesting experiences and these weird cinematic experiences, these weird gameplay experiences that like almost make absolutely no sense when somebody tells you like, Oh yeah, you're just walking around and delivering stuff. But yeah, exactly. You're just a delivery man. Or or like that. It's a walking simulator, right? Like those are the, the almost 
the the negative ways that people refer to this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love it so far. Like, I just have to say, I absolutely love it so far. Um, where, where where are you exactly on it? I'm still relatively early because right, right. I definitely got past that like massively long cutscene that was like an hour long at the beginning of the game or an hour and a half long, whatever the heck it is. Um, and I've met a few of the characters either in flashback or in other ways, like Mads mm-hmm, Mikkelsen's mm-hmm. character I've seen in some flashbacks. Yeah. Um, I've definitely met dead man, you know, Guillermo del Toro's character yeah. who's really, really fun and funny and interesting in the, in the narrative. <clears throat> And, um, let me see. I definitely haven't ventured out past, if you can think about how it, the game has the, the map of the USA and it's definitely not to scale in any way. I think I'm <laughs> right, still, right. <laughs> I'm nowhere near. He's definitely not walking game. that fast. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no way that he could be walking that fast in any way. Um, but I don't care about that. Like, honestly, I love, I love the map. I absolutely love the fact that like, to me, it's not a walking simulator. It's more like, it's like a climbing simulator. It's like you're climbing mountains. Yeah. It's and, definitely like, more of a like climbing simulator for sure. Because like, you have to like, you have to plot like how you, where you go and you got to manage your balance the entire time and stuff. Mm-hmm. You got to be equipped for it. So it's more of a climbing simulator for sure. Yeah. It's a climbing simulator, which I love. And I love the cooperative aspect of it. How you could like, you don't see other players online, but you're always kind of persistently online. Yeah. You can walk over bridges and ladders to go up ladders and go up ropes and other structures that other players have mm-hmm. left behind. Mm-hmm. I really like that cooperative element that kind of feel makes it feel like a, a community of climbers or something yeah. like that. No, exactly. Cool. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think that's a really, really great feature. I think the fact that you can, so, you know, the, the basic premise of the game, as you know, is like it's a post-apocalyptic America and you're Norman Reedus and like you're the best postman, apparently, in the apocalypse. It feels like to me, it feels like a, a, every Kevin Costner movie, but starring Norman Reedus. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> but I love it. OK, like and some of those Kevin Costner movies were pretty good as well on, in their own right. But the the system that you the way that he systematizes Hideo Kojima, I'm referring to. The way that you do walk in this game, like you said, keeping balance is very, very interesting and like keeps you on your toes. It's well done. You have to, to strategize, like like you said, again, about how you get up certain structures and how you stay balanced. And just like that aspect is so cool. The The aspect with the BTs is really weird, like the the sort of specters of the dead that can turn into like these demonic creatures that try to grab you and basically like pull you to the afterlife or to to purgatory or wherever the heck you go in this game um like all that stuff is really really cool and really really weird and what i kind of expect from hideo kojima and then you know that just makes me really like love it even more um and you know yeah just so far i'm super enjoying the game uh i'm not like i said very far into it i've definitely seen some of the parts with Lindsay wagner's two characters that she plays kind of in this game and the role that Norman Reedus has, like with um, the president of the United States, yeah. Apparently, the, the remaining president of the United States after the apocalypse, yeah. yeah. Um, 
And like I said, I just appreciate the cooperative experience. I like, you, like putting ropes you, in cool places that how people do you feel can about, access like, easily. So, you know? so for me, the the most, I mean, the first of all, the world is beautiful itself. But one of yeah, the, the coolest things that I like about it is obviously the cooperative as- aspect of like, you know, building stations, building bridges, and building other things, you know, and other 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 structures for other people to use. But not only that, like putting like stations where you can like, um, uh like have music playing so that when you're crossing this landscape it's not just like some boring landscape you're listening to like an amazing soundtrack really like i think that the music in this game i listen to the soundtrack oh i love it quite often that's true yeah music in this game is amazing i agree i love the music and it's like so perfectly selected for this game yeah I, I agree like i that what's the name of that band i think is low roar yeah low one roar like the best yeah. uh, one of the ones oh, that provides man. a lot of tracks to the soundtrack yeah, yeah. oh really, yeah it's, really it's a really really good soundtrack i'm definitely enjoying that as well i was definitely listening to that on a walk the other day some of the yeah. parts from the soundtrack but yeah i've been i've been absolutely loving that aspect of death stranding as well and the world and the graphics and the animation oh, that's so awesome that you're great. checking that out man yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely have more to say about it, I think, yeah. on a future podcast. Yeah. But we should definitely get to, I think, WandaVision episode four because I think before we do, awesome. before we do, once again, you know, those of you guys listening, please take a moment to like, rate, share, and subscribe. Put please. this on your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you want to share about us so that we can kind of grow a following and bring you guys more cool episodes. So go ahead and sh- hit that share button and uh, share this episode with whoever you think is going to like or dig Death Stranding, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, um, Attack on Titan, or anything MCU. Anyway, yeah. back to the show. WandaVision. Chapter 4, or is it episode 4? Is it's it, episode or, 4. This pardon is, this the interruption. The right? They're, they're just doing episodes <laughs> and not chapters, I think. <laughs> so this is the, the big the episode that's like basically, let's start making this sort of make sense. Yeah. So what did you think? Um I I really, really like the direction they're going in. Like it's quite simply now, like obviously I'll have a lot more to say about this, I think, but I enjoyed the episode and I like how they gave you a little bit more information, but even the characters in the episode, like Kat Dennings coming back, some spoilers, spoilers, right? So there's definitely this is gonna be a spoiler conversation. But Kat Dennings coming back as Darcy Lewis and other characters kind of expressing how they don't really know what the heck's going on either is really kind of great and really well written into the narrative. And yeah. like I really enjoyed this episode. Um, and yeah, like that's my general kind of impression of the episode so far. And I think it might be one of the best episodes so far. So what do you think about it? What did you think, Kyra? I... I really, really enjoyed the last episode um, just because of how, like, you know, like there's a lot of stuff in it and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I would say it's at least on par with that episode. This episode was really, really cool because it's a, uh, you know, it brought back a, a character. Uh, I forgot what her name is, but from the uh, Thor universe, it was super cool to see her actually yeah, have like Dar- an actual Darcy. role. Darcy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Lewis. Dr. Lewis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was really cool. But also just to kind of like finally understand like what's going on and 
and and well essentially not understand what's going on but at least what's going on from the perspective of the outside world so this episode revealed that wanda wanda is somehow manipulating an entire town and its actual people so this isn't just a world that was created from scratch this is essentially a town that was taken over and the mind of all the residents has been you know sort of manipulated we don't know how exactly yet but the belief so far is that it's wanda right i don't Mm -hmm. believe that it's wanda but um but yeah so far in the show that's their belief that it's wanda that's manipulating all this um but i also loved how the show started which it started with the what are they calling it the the unblip like when know. when everybody came back i don't know i'm sure there's a name for it but i actually don't know what they call it in in mm. universe i mean you definitely see like news articles and stuff like that in the mm. background of of this yeah. episode but yeah, yeah. The return of people. The return, I guess. Uh, Let's call it the return. So the return of people has, like, it started with Monica Rambeau kind of, not kind of, returning to the timeline. In her belief, she believed that she was just maybe napping for, like, a 20-minute nap, not realizing that so much time has passed. And she returns to where she was, which was the hospital, where she was uh, uh, awaiting her mother to, I guess, wake up from uh, recovering from a surgery and stuff like that. And it turns out that, like, you know, her mother died and it's been three years or five years or whatever it was, you know. So we get thrown into the blip that connects this to the actual MCU world that we know and love. I love so, this scene. I really did. I don't know. So what did you think about cool. this first scene? I, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was like it, it was the scene that kind of like it like made me go like, like, <gasps> You know, like I saw it and I was like, oh, crap, this is where we're, we're, you know, we're going into the real we're going into the real WandaVision now. Like, we're not just going to get these episodes of 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 a facade. This is the real stuff. You know, yeah, and it's, that, it's so cool to see the implications of the MCU kind of come to this show yeah, and bring yeah, you back exactly, into it. Exactly. And it's at one of the big climaxes of the of one of the movies where you see this kind of this panic of people in the hospital all after they're being unblipped and people realizing that they're back and other people realizing who weren't blipped, realizing what the heck's going on, that other people are coming back out of nowhere. It's such a crazy scene and it's quick and it, but it's just really, really, really such a, a well done way to, to turn the page a little bit into the next act of WandaVision, I think. Yeah. So, so I, mean, I loved it. So now, so obviously, like we 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 start kind of getting the actual present day real world filled in for us outside of WandaVision, and we have Monica who who you know as a sword agent, she kind of wants to get back into the field. She wants to, and and the field being outer space essentially or extraterrestrial stuff, you know, um, which clearly means that they're setting up uh, scrolls because. They have not really set up anything else with sword mm-hmm. beforehand, right? This is the the first, you know, real. This is the first tidbit of sword that we get, right? Yeah, um, the first pretty big tidbit of them, other than the possibility that that was uh, that that was Nick Fury at the end of Far From Home on some sort of sword uh, space station, right? 
right? Right, 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 right. Exactly. That's right. And so, so obviously they're, they're going to connect to that, but she's told that she's grounded literally. So meaning that all her operations have to do is whatever happens to be on earth essentially. So she gets a detail where she has to connect with an FBI agent to figure out everything. And that's how she gets involved with the, with, with the whole WandaVision world. But at the same time, it also gives us a very quick, it answers a question for us, at least for me, because this entire time I thought that Monica was in there maybe as a spy, maybe infiltrated to try to like see what's going on with Wanda and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that she got sucked in to WandaVision, not realizing that she was in there. Her mind got controlled. Yeah, to a certain extent. And there were some moments where she definitely breaks. Yeah, yeah, she does. Definitely get to later in the episode. But it's it's true that she and all of the residents, it seems, because you have this this small town that Wanda mm-hmm. is basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like her power is being used to control it, right? I think that's what we what right. we believe, right? But it we don't know if she's willingly doing it. I don't think thing. that she's willingly doing. I think I think so. I think that she's she is to a certain extent willingly doing it, but right. not being the one maybe not being the one uh, that has started it or whatever, or maybe part of her is being manipulated because clearly like certain things are making her like, for example, with Monica, when she realized that Geraldine was wearing the sword emblem and she saw that sword emblem on the helicopter and she realized, wait a minute, this person doesn't belong here. What's going on? She, she uh, like just, you know, flew Monica out of the whole WandaVision sphere, I guess. And on the television screens, which the agents, the FBI agents or whatever sort are out there kind Mm -hmm. of looking at because they figured out a way to actually visually visually see what's going on in there through Darcy's intelligence. Like Um, TVs, basically, they can pick up the cosmic microwave background. Right, exactly. They went super cool because that's the static that you actually used to Mm -hmm, see on mm -hmm. old TVs. That's what caused that static. So that's a pretty yeah. cool science right. detail. That's cool. So the the um so anyway, she gets flown out, but it doesn't look when she threw her out and destroyed the build, the, the home and everything. Wanda looked surprised. Wanda looked a little bit in shock. She didn't realize what she did. It looked like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So is 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 this her having a mental breakdown and just reacting and then coming to and not realizing, or is someone else manipulating her into doing this stuff? Not only like that, even, but on the- even before that, you saw moments where <clears throat> she kind of had a break with like the reality that she was in and she seemed kind of out of it. She seemed like she didn't understand exactly what was going on. So it wasn't just that moment at the end of this episode where we see mm-hmm. that she actually pushes Geraldine or Monica out of the WandaVision reality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know so, what I noticed though? You yeah. know what I noticed though? Mm-hmm. Like, I, or not that what I noticed, but I have a theory. And this is not okay. not even related to WandaVision necessarily, but I think that Sword might be used to introduce the Fantastic Four because we have that scene earlier yes. in the episode, right, where she's walking around Monica Rambo to you know Agent Rambo, uh, played by Tiana Paris, who's I think actually really really mm-hmm. good in the role, and I hope we see more of her mm-hmm. as her superhero character um, in in the MCU. But you know she's she's with Randall Park, and later in the episode, who plays a great role. But she's earlier in the episode with uh, director Hayward, and 
they're talking about like the space program and the the test pilots that they had, just like Monica's mother, Maria, was a space test pilot. And even the fact that she had cancer could be kind of like a quick way to, I don't know, like connect it to the way that we get the Fantastic Four from going into a space right. mission where yep. maybe possible. they think they have cancer so. or something like that, but they get yeah. powers. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, I mean, that's that that was the initial thing, you know, the radiation and all that. They thought that maybe they had something. Um, but I, I think that this, I think WandaVision and S.W.O.R.D. and everything that they're doing is meant to usher in every single one of the properties that they got in Fantastic Four, um, as well as uh, as well as the X-Men. Yeah, so, I think it's meant to at least drop the first hint yeah, that yeah. they exist in, in the MCU, either all this time or now, maybe as a result of Wanda's maybe controlled by somebody else actions. I, I yeah. mean, I really think that this is Mephisto because here's the thing, right? So, like, we obviously see that she gave birth to twins, um, Billy and Tommy, and now we also see that, like, mm-hmm. she may, she isn't necessarily really in control of everything that's going on. She doesn't realize what's going on because when when they're trying to contact her from outside, it's kind of almost like breaking through to her, and she's th- sort of, like, realizing, wait, what's going on around me? almost as if she obviously doesn't know and isn't in control. And then something happens, you know, where it kind of resets her. It resets her. And then on from the viewer standpoint, it it, it it causes like a television edit where they cut that piece out and they go straight to credit. So they cut that piece out and they go to the next scene, you know? So for me, I feel like <laughs> yeah. there's like a producer on the other end that's manipulating that. And, it has to be Mephisto because the other thing too is that like there has been no mention or desire for for Wanda having any children before this show. So why is it that like if she's the one creating this universe out of her own like thought process on her own, she just happens to create a set of twin babies named Tommy and Billy, you know, yeah, specifically implication from the comics that it's Wiccan and Speed. Tommy and Billy from the comics. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So but 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 I but if she but if she's but if she's coming out of this on her own, I don't see how that could have you know that 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 could be something that she's just creating out of thin air. I feel like that's something that's been implanted on her sort of inception style. And I feel like maybe Mephisto's creating like an inception kind of move on her and making her like do certain things herself so that she believes that she's the one creating the world around her. It's what she wants too, though, because she definitely wants Vision back, which there's a lot of questions surrounding that. And I kind of love how how Randall Park, uh, Jimmy Wu, Agent Wu, um, writes the questions on that whiteboard at one point in the episode. Why is it a hexagon? Is Vision alive? Like that little Easter egg that are all the questions, same questions that all the fans are asking. Like, Man, I think that's really I, cool. I don't believe I feel like I feel like Vision is, is clearly not alive. Mm hmm. And and I feel like there was a very easy way to see that. Well, actually, no, I don't maybe. know. I don't know. I think so. I, I, I think, think vision is that might be. Sorry. But I think that when she so here's what I what I kind of think, if if I may say that. So I think that he does. He is actually alive, but only when she can maintain her focus in this reality, because I think she has the power to do it. But when the reality gets broken, like it was by Geraldine at the end of the episode, when she or Monica, when she tosses her out of the reality, I think when it breaks, that's when she can't maintain the the 
actual vision being alive in that reality because she is created from a mind stone. She has the power to bring back the mind stone, bring back <clears throat> like any portion of reality. It's in, it's implied at least a small portion of reality. But I guess what Sword and other you know other agencies are worried about is that she's going to spread her power to all of reality. But I think that yeah, they're they're kind of implying that a little bit also. Um, I feel I I would like to see vision back fully and 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 for reals um but two things right like i feel like if you do that which it happens in comics all the time but if you do that i think it takes away from like you know end game and you know uh infinity war because his death was so impactful you know that i feel like if you bring him back you kind of cheapen that well, I don't know if they're it's like it's like it's back. like Palpatine. It's like it's like Palpatine. You know what I mean? Like bringing back Palpatine is like, well, then, you know, like this didn't mean anything. You know, back well, you, then. You know what it is though? I think they might do uh, like a much more well done, at least in my opinion, kind of like Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, like Devil's Bargain, where she might have to choose to let go of control of this reality. But oh, like, for sure, for sure. I think that that's exactly what it is. It might not even happen that, in this movie, though, if you think about it, or or in this in this show, in the it might. And if it does, it's something that you could you could set up for Vision to come back at some point later on because of her re, possibly re, rewriting the MCU reality to a certain extent, maybe accidentally. I mean, it depends on how far they stretch this into multiverse of madness. It seems right, like is you she know, be the, the, the thing quote, is, unquote? the thing is that like. The main and the main reason I want Vision back, the main reason is because Paul Bettany plays him so good. He is, mm-hmm. he is such a good actor, and I just don't want to not see him on screen. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. He, like I just, I, I, I just love it. Life. You know, I think they're great. But the reason yeah. that I think that like either that that she's obviously super manipulating him is that when he had a moment of like kind of realizing, wait, something's not right, you know. Um, you know, and, 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 and all that stuff, she kind of, kind of put him in his place with a very simple ass. She was like, what are we watching tonight? And he just put on a smile, grabbed the remote and started to put on TV. What if that was a command? What if that was like a manipulation command? You know what I love about that moment though? Like you see, and this is what you mean. Like when Paul Bettany is such a great actor, you almost see like a captive look in his face, like like a help me kind of look. Yes, yes, you like, do. That's he, the thing. I saw that. The camera yeah. at the yeah. end of the episode, and this is, you know, after they they show us the reality again of Geraldine, right. Monica mm-hmm. being ejected, and and Vision coming home. At that was this is the end of the last episode, right? They're just showing it from a different perspective, and then when he looks at the TV, he looks scared almost. You know, he looks down at the baby. He looks at Wanda. He looks at the TV and he's got he doesn't like, understand what's going look. on. Yeah. So like, so he, then that's he's a, got a feeling, right? You know, it that that right there does kind of make me feel like it makes me feel like maybe maybe then he is alive, you know, because if he's a, if he's just a figment of her imagination, then why would he have any kind of suspicious feelings? Yeah, you know I mean? mean, that that's exactly why another good reason that I think that he is alive, but he, he she won't be able to maintain it at least for now, by the end of WandaVision, she'll probably have to sacrifice him or something. Right, right. I think, 
but I mean, I guess we'll see where it goes. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's been really, really interesting, like to see like where it's going with vision storyline so far, but I want to kind of get back to the Mephisto point you make because yeah, I want to ask what you think about this. Do, do you think Mephisto is, is in the town as one of the people, as one of the townspeople? Because we have that moment in the episode where the FBI agents and the sword agents and Darcy, you know, start to identify who some of the townspeople are, right? They start to put their New Jersey right, yeah. IDs and like a little, a little mm-hmm. synopsis of who they are, a little bio. What if Mephisto, what if, what if Vision is Mephisto? Vision is Mephisto. Interesting. But why, why would he, like, is that look at the end of the episode, is that him kind of being maybe then worried because maybe he, he maybe he's just, maybe, maybe he's just maybe maybe he's just like kind of playing uh playing the patsy like for example trying to figure out who's trying to figure it out but for you know, who, like when he for the people like, watching like for darcy and for all the sword agents because that's who he if it is mephisto maybe. he probably knows that he's looking at them on the tv right he's powerful no, I, enough no, I, it, I was just throwing that out there i don't i don't think that it would work um i don't know i, I mean i would assume i would assume that he's in there um and i think that like they will eventually they're they maybe maybe in the next episode they're gonna have an episode where they have a new character introduced maybe like guest starring on wandavision this guy mm-hmm. and all the fbi agents and the sword agents are like wait, wait wait who's that guy and they go to the board and they're like he's not listed this is everyone in town this is everyone we've seen you know who's that we we'll find out who that guy is and all of a sudden that's mephisto so well, maybe we, he we just st- hasn't been revealed yet we still don't know who um agent Wu's the, the person that he was looking for right at the beginning of the episode, the explanation is that he's looking for somebody under the witness protection program. And I know he says something about mm, like, we're looking for right. a missing town and not a missing person at the end. Well, of that there's also Ralph, right? right? There's also Ralph, uh, this, this, this girl, you know uh, who Ralph is. Yeah. Yeah. The husband, he's been name dropped in the first three episodes every time, but never ever. And we know that she's not just a regular resident that has, that's under mental manipulation. Um, but, but well, yeah, there's, there's a few possibilities, I guess. Right? It's Ralph, is Mephisto. Uh, it's it's Agnes because we don't see her ID on the board, right? Like they haven't identified who she is as a real person in this episode yet, and that might be a red herring because everybody thinks that she's actually Agatha Harkness, which I think is very possible as well, right? She's a character that's well connected to Wanda Maximoff in the comics. She's the one that teaches her how to use her Wiccan powers. Um, so like, it's possibly her, but it's probably not her. And the other person that we don't see identified at all in this episode is Dottie. The, the person that Agnes says, if you remember, she has that moment in one of the early episodes where she's like, Dottie runs everything around here. What if you have to get in with her? What's that? What if that's Mephisto? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what if she's Mephisto? Oh right? Because that's actually a, a, that makes sense. a theory. And she hasn't been identified. She, like, seems like she's hostile to Wanda. She wants to control her. She's the one of the people that started yeah. that whole yeah. chant of, like, for the children. Right? Like, and, that's remember, and, remember, and remember that, like, anything that happens in this town has to go through Dottie. Yeah. That's exactly what, what, yeah. Um, what Agnes said. To, mm-hmm. to Wanda before they mm-hmm, went to that mm-hmm. swim beach party or like pool party yep. or whatever the heck it was. And maybe they work for Mephisto through Dottie. Right. Or it could be it, like that it actually, could be a total I feel red like herring. That actually, I don't know, man. That makes so much sense. 
it could be a misdirect though, because they are writing this show really well. What I really like about the writing is that it's it's almost like a good Easter egg too, because the questions that the show is trying to answer are the questions that the fans really want answered, that the show created, kind of. So I think that's like a good reason why the writing is so well done. And little moments like when that agent brings the photo of the drone that looks now like a like a little helicopter in, yeah. in the WandaVision reality. Like it answers some questions with good writing when he asks her, like, why did you colorize it? Because the drone in the real in WandaVision's reality actually turns to color. The agent answers to Agent Wu, like, I didn't. Right. And I think that the writing is just like really, really, really great because of moments like that. And the acting also, like I think, you know, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Tiana Paris, Randall Park, you know, Catherine Hahn, everyone is absolutely doing a fantastic job in in these episodes in this episode so far. Absolutely. I mean. It's, it's just like I said, it's rekindled my desire to go back into the MCU. Like I, I am all in on the MCU all over again because of WandaVision. I didn't think that that would happen. I was so skeptical about this show and I'm I'm loving it because it's so fresh yet. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting and it's also tying everything back up. Like I'm I'm sad knowing that there's only going to be this one season. I mean, yeah, that's true. But you know what? You know what? I was. This was a point that I think I wanted to make earlier when you were talking about the Hulk and giving mm-hmm, him his own universe. Mm-hmm. I think um, that Kevin Feige, who also actually another big hint, by the way, is that Kevin Feige had to had to give his OK, apparently, for the actress that plays Dottie. That's what she said in an interview. So it might be that she's a big character, right? Because if Kevin Feige has to say, like, OK, She's going to play a big role, right? But hmm. we'll see, though, if, that, if she is Mephisto or if it's a red herring or not, or if she's another character like Dormammu or somebody connected to Doctor Strange, because there's a lot of different ways it could go that, w- that would all be pretty good, I think. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, what I think I love about this is that speaking about how the Hulk needs his own universe, it's really like what he needs is his own his own movies that create an arc, a new arc for him, right? Because he had his arc that yeah. went through other people's movies, and that was cool and right. Well. But like he didn't, we didn't get a chance to flesh out the Hulk. Maybe either in a movie or a TV show, we'll see if he's in She Hulk, right? But like we want to yeah. see a new arc for the Hulk, and I think what's really great about this show is that we're seeing a new arc for Wanda Maximoff and for for Vision, and I think as we both suspect, this is something that's going to re- lead to a big change and a big arc in the entire MCU in general, which is what I, what I think is like, right. Making you so excited. At least that's for me. It's making you so excited to be back in the MCU again. Cause you see the seeds being planted for stories that you love. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, like, for me, like I really think men and all this like, stuff, like that's, how what saying, for, that's, what, <laughs> that's what I'm saying for me, for me, this, this, yes, there's a set, planting the seeds for fantastic four. If they give me Mephisto, they can also mm-hmm. possibly give me doom through WandaVision and give us house of M with the X-Men. Like there's no, there really is no better way to kind of introduce the X-Men to the MCU, you know, than, than through house of M. And it just like, I just, I want that to happen because this is like a fast track way of getting into an X-Men universe. And I I'm so, so excited to see this happen. I just, Oh my gosh. 
I'm <laughs> so freaking like, excited. It's, it's like almost, every single week, every single episode, uh-huh. and, and it could all be red herrings, but every single episode strengthens my belief that this is House of M and how they're going to bring the mutants into the MCU. You know, they every single Mr. week. Sinister into so things. it's going to suck. It's going to, oh, God, Mr. Sinister? Live Mr. action? Sinister. Oh, He's my gosh. So freaking funny. Dude, if I we think. get Mr. Oh, God. Oh my god! Oh <laughs> like my this, god. this is you're right. It's a, it's such a great way to like kind of fast track, but also not cram, right? Because yes. that's it's not cramming. It's just little crumbs. It's, it's just it's little, little Easter eggs, right? That like yes, that that are leading up to these. One I feel of like such a millennial stories. right now. Yes, this is everything. Yeah, yes. this kind of everything. Like <laughs> you know, I was really excited for Wandavision as well, but I'm not gonna say it's exceeding my expectations because we're not done with the season yet. But mm-hmm. so far, like I'm really, 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 really happy. I think I'm. I think that most of us share that excitement. Yeah, and I can't Absolutely. wait for the rest of the crew to come back and like talk about how they feel about it. You know, when well, we get we'll definitely have the entire crew on five. at least for the finale. But we're on we're on episode four, and it's of nine, right? So we got five more weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, do you know off the top of your head when does uh when the slate of films that's coming out? Um, because we got Black Widow this year. And then as far as the shows, we have like Black Widow's the big one. And then yeah. um, you know, the next, Doctor Strange. The next show is is um Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I know that because mm-hmm. that's in March. So that's okay. the next thing that's I don't know if I mean it's, it might have to kind of continue the story of WandaVision if it goes the way that we're thinking, but not entirely because it's gonna be its own story. I think I think I think that all the shows are just gonna set up a little piece of of the overall yeah. arcing universe um <laughs> yeah. i would like to see it'd be cool if they they do like you know somehow set up uh doom as the big bad from from uh falcon and winter soldier winter winter soldier they could do that yeah that would that would be a pretty i, I need to see doom i really want to see doom on in in mcu like you know what i don't think they need to do it i think they need to wait on that because the a, a a villain of the level of doom like maybe needs the breadcrumbs you know what i mean like we're getting the breadcrumbs for possibly Mephisto right. and for other characters he, maybe he could get you could have the breadcrumbs start to drop the little hints See, in falcon and the winter soldier and i think i think loki is the next release after that if i'm not mistaken right. so, that's here's my thing I, I feel like i feel like mephisto is going to be to this phase 4 or this new phase of the MCU, Mephisto's going to be to this phase what Loki was to Infinity War or the first Avengers, mm. and Doctor Doom is going to be the Thanos. Doctor Doom is going to be... Okay, okay. Yeah, I can see that happening because Mephisto, like Mephisto is... and Doom are going to like team up, but Doom is going to be the main big bad. Yeah, Mephisto is a character that like he has his plots, but he's mainly just focused on keeping his power in his domain. So yes. like it, it almost makes more sense because Doom Doom is interested in unlimited freaking power. Like he'll take yes. he'll take it all. He'll remake the universe in the freaking comics, no problem. Mm-hmm. He'll mm-hmm. kill like himself in other realities. Like Doom is a relentless character. Yeah. So he needs a really really good setup, and yeah, like that's why I think Mephisto might lead into. Let's see. I need we need some updated release dates because Doctor Strange I think comes out. Yeah, is Doctor Strange is currently March of next year. Um, Loki does not have a specific release date. 
I don't think yet, but I think it's in the in the fall of 2021. Um, Eternals. This is not an updated list. It looks like because Eternals is definitely not out February 12th. I don't think. Um, and yeah, we have. Yeah, in, in terms of the shows, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is also in March. So I guess I guess that's how we can maybe in a in an episode when we get the crew together kind of try to predict what yeah. storylines and villains they're going to introduce in it's this It's funny because this, this is like this is like part of the fun, right? Part of the fun is being able to predict um or, or try to predict where it's going and stuff like that, knowing that Kevin Feige has probably the next 4 years already pre-planned out, you know. Um, you know, it's funny. It's interesting. I was kind of thinking, I was wondering when, um, when I know that Paul Bettany only found out about, or rather got offered the part of vision, uh, on the lead up to Ultron, right? Like as of, as, as of before Ultron, he was just going to play the voice of, uh, Jarvis. He didn't know that he was playing vision, but I wonder if Kevin Feige knew from the beginning that, Jar the voice of Jarvis was also going to be Vision, and if he knew that Paul Bettany when he hired him, that Paul Bettany would be the one playing Vision. It's possible because he's because such a great it, actor. It, but not only right. that, but Kevin Feige, Feige just he sees that far ahead, right? But that's what that's what I'm thinking. Like he's such a great actor that Kevin Feige was like, who can really inhabit the role of Vision since Jarvis is eventually going to be Vision? Like I want somebody who has a, a compelling voice as yeah. Jarvis. Mm-hmm. But he's also a total side character, right? Until Age of Ultron, when he becomes really, really central, mm -hmm. obviously, because he yeah. becomes the personality of Vision. You know, and going back to that, actually, I know that we were on WandaVision, but it is a show about Vision. But it's funny, just just to reiterate, like, how I saw some some of the lines, some of the dialogue all over again in Ultron and appreciated it more, right? So, like, in the scene where Vision is actually created... No one knows if he's like on their side or Ultron side, and he says, "I'm on. I'm not on either side. I'm on the side of life." So there's still skepticism from the team, mm -hmm. and then Vision goes on to like a spiel of like, you know, what he believes to be the the true way and the right way, and what they need to do, and that only only they can actually defeat Ultron. Um, and obviously, you can still see the look on their face that they still don't necessarily believe or trust him. And he ends it with, like, we have to do this together. And he grabs the uh, Thor's hammer and passes it to Thor. And it's almost like there's, like, a little bit of a subliminal thing there. Because if you remember mm -hmm. earlier on, only those that are worthy can pick up the hammer. And it's like in that moment, it's like he picked up the hammer. So I guess he's on the good side. He's cool. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> if he wasn't worthy, he wouldn't have been able to pick up the hammer, right? Yeah, he just exactly. passes like door and guy. stuff. So I know that it was kind of like a little bit of a comedic callback to that that scene earlier, but I think that there was even more hidden meaning behind it by the fact that like picking up the hammer in front of everybody proves to them that he's on their side. Yeah, and yeah, I, and that's a really cool moment in that movie, and it definitely made yeah. me laugh as well. There was a lot of really cool moments, like. There was a lot of cool, like, little lines that I did not realize the first time I saw it simply because, like, there was just too much going on. Uh, for example, like, when 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 uh, when Black Widow was 
when Black Widow and I know we're getting off of WandaVision now, obviously. <laughs> but when Black <laughs> Widow was uh was was oh no, this is still vision. When she was when she was um I guess uh uh trying to take the I guess the sarcophagus that had vision in it, the tank that had vision in it before he was born and stuff like that. Yeah. And um Hawkeye Weird was flying. sarcophagi tank. Yeah, and and he asked like <laughs> So how how are we gonna get it in the plane? And she goes, I really wish you didn't ask. And then obviously the next time you see the their jet, the jet is turned around. So it's basically saying like, I'm gonna put it up the ass of the plane, <laughs> part of the language, <laughs> you know. So it was like just like those little hidden gems and one liners. And I'm like, oh man, this movie is so much better than I thought it was. I really have to rewatch this movie then because yeah, I think so. It's it's so much better than I initially thought. I I enjoyed the movie, but I didn't love it. That's kind of a, a dirty moment too, like the first Avengers movie yeah, where where um Loki says that that thing, that mewling thing to Black Widow, uh, which is actually a very, very dirty slang word that I won't say on the podcast. But I guess I gotta rewatch this and see if I can find moments like that. Cause I haven't given it a good rewatch. You gotta watch it. It's it's, it's 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 a whole lot of fun. It's a okay, whole so, lot of fun. So Talking about favorite moments in, in Age of Ultron, what are some of your favorite moments from this episode of WandaVision? I'll give one first. Um, okay. I really enjoyed um, Agent Wu's little moment when he introduced himself to Monica Rambeau because it's a great Easter egg from Ant-Man mm-hmm. and the Wasp. If mm-hmm. you remember that whole movie, he was pestering um, he was pestering Paul Rudd basically to, to learn the card trick. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. Remember, remember now. Yep. If Mm -hmm. you watch in that moment, I don't know if you saw it. Noticed in this episode, he does the card trick to to give his card to Monica Rambeau. So that kind of really yeah, he does it. Oh, I didn't see that. Card out of nowhere. I gotta see that again. His left hand. Oh, that's he's like. Oh man, I missed that. I missed that. Agent Rambeau. He flicks the card out. Agent Wu, and he hands it to her, and she gives him like a little funny look, like okay, you did a little magic trick, I guess. Cool. Um. So that's a little cool Easter egg. What's the moment that or a little, a moment what? that I enjoyed? There was, an, there was another moment with him and Darcy where mm-hmm. I think she's like offering popcorn or something like that. And he 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 thought that it was something else. Chips. And yeah, he, he yeah thought she it was, was offering chips, but he thought it was something else. Right. And he kind of went on a little bit of a talking about having kids. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. He was like, oh, I don't really, you know. I never thought about it. But, you know, someday it'll be nice, you know, have them running around and stuff. It's just like <laughs> his classic comedy FBI badge. I know. Right. <laughs> um, I feel like, you know, like that's that's a moment that stands out for me. Um, I love Central Park. I love him. He's hilarious. Yeah, I would say that's probably that's that like, you know, it's funny, but that's that's my favorite moment. <laughs> you know, another another great moment that I liked from the episode was definitely the ending. Um when they started playing Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yep. that was such a such an Easter egg in kind of a couple of ways if you think about it. Okay. Obviously like Wanda is a voodoo child probably of some sort, or like Billy and, and Tommy are voodoo children of some sort, right? Made by some sort of voodoo by Mephisto or Agatha Harkness or Dormammu or whoever the heck they're made out of, uh, made by. Um, and it's almost Dude. like, it's kind of cool. Cause you could think about it from a wrestling perspective. Like that was Hulk. Oh Hogan's my God. Wait, track wait, when on. he, he became a heel in, in WWF. Whoa, 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 wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's that? What if, what if, what if Dr. Voodoo is in, this show 
that's a that's another good possibility too, right? Because again, we're talking about sorcery and everything. Yeah. What if that was an Easter egg for Doctor Voodoo? Yeah, it, it it definitely could be that as well. I didn't think about oh that. Oh my gosh, right now, dude! But, or but is it Doctor Doctor Voodoo also? Brother, brother Voodoo, Doctor Voodoo, they're the same guy, right? Brother Voodoo, Doctor Voodoo, they're, yeah, they're both the same. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, oh, that could man. be another great, great way to introduce him. Into because he's the, he's an Avenger also in a few. He's he's an event. He's been part of a few different Avenger teams. Yeah, and he's a he's a Doctor Strange villain as well. Yeah, he's a Doctor Strange villain. Yes. Oh so my god, that's a possibility dude. too, right? Oh my god, yeah, man. That's one thing that's great. That's great about this show. Like, there's these great little because he was the Sorcerer Easter Supreme. Eggs. Also, you got to think about them again. What's that? He was a Sorcerer Supreme. He was. See, mm-hmm. I didn't know. See, so like, yeah, that's actually really cool because, again, that's just one of these great little possibilities that they're throwing out there in the show. I really like how they're they're leading towards Mephisto, right? We think mostly. I think you and I agree that that's mostly the case. But there's yeah. other really but wonderful. I think that like, like like Voodoo also has a connection with Mephisto, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know too much about Mephisto, about about Voodoo because mm-hmm. he I've only read a couple of stories with him and stuff like that, but I've never really like delved into him. Although re- most recently, I'm reading uh, Savage Avengers, which I think we need to do like a comic book read read along with Savage Avengers. Savage Avengers is such a dope line. Be down so for that. cool, and be down I for that. really think that we should check that out. Um, for those of you guys that don't know, Savage Avengers features Wolverine, Punisher, Venom, uh, Electra, Brother Voodoo. Um, and it's just like, like, think about Avengers, but tons of blood and gore, and pretty much an adult comic. So, this is my favorite Avenger mm-hmm. comics of all time, and I hope that they don't end it, but you know they're continuing with it continuing with it with it Your and everything. favorite of all time wow okay of 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 the Avengers lines because i'm I was actually not a huge fan of like the yeah. Avengers comic lines, you know uh, mm-hmm. I never was. I like individual you know hero comics, not so much. I liked Ultimate Avengers a lot, uh, but this as a team comic, I think Savage Avengers is my favorite one of out of all the Avengers lines that I've you know was ever really into wow that does um, sound like it's worth a read along <laughs> just because it's like a bunch of like i'm a i'm i'm a bigger venom fan than i am of spider-man i love wolverine and punisher is a total badass you oh what I... and i and 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 it features as one of the main savage avengers conan the barbarian oh really yeah that's true he is a marvel character Yes, he always, he always so has he is one of the he's one of the main MCU. Savage Avengers, and he's like he's a total badass. It's so freaking cool. Can you imagine if they recast him and brought him to the MCU? Or oh, like God. maybe he'll be in 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 um Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness or the Spider-Man, the third Spider-Man movie, and it'll be oh, Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger. The entire world is in the third Spider-Man movie. <laughs> it could be it could be Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Because well, could be I mean it could it, it could be this, um reality in some uh, weird joke um, reality right no, and then they recast the character but, no but you know who else you know was that it? was that that conan is um what's his name oh my god i'm so terrible with names tonight jason momoa um, played him also yeah jason him, momoa played him i could totally yeah. see jason momoa play a better conan under marvel in the mcu that's right they yeah, could the i mean i sure one easter egg if they had schwarzenegger but they had like obviously the real main mcu universe 
uh, yeah. Jason Momoa be Conan the Barbarian. Oh, that would be pretty yeah. cool, actually. I mean, we could always talk about how they could lead into a Savage Avengers storyline in the MCU, but that would take a lot of setup since we haven't even freaking introduced the the X Men entirely yet. You know what? You know what I've been wanting to read actually. I've been reading a lot about speaking of Venom, and then. I guess I kind of want to ask you if you had any other cool moments from WandaVision. Um, but like, I've been really enjoying what I've heard from the, the null storyline that's going on right now in Marvel comics. It sounds really interesting. Like you've heard about, about the, Oh the yeah. King, right. Null For sure. Symbiote God. Yeah. 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 That I actually, really I started reading cool. it. I haven't, I haven't finished catching up. I've been, uh, you know, catching up to, to some Venom comics and stuff, but um, I'm, I'm quite behind. Uh, but uh, they have like Null, which is uh, turning out to be a pretty big Marvel event right now. Not mm-hmm. not super huge because I feel like it's a little convoluted and a little bit all over the place. Yeah, but it's basically a Carnage line. You know, it's, it's not a, it's not going to be a, a total reshaping. Yeah, of, yeah. Of things in the Marvel universe for sure, but it's definitely a a pretty fun and pretty big event just because of like the level of characters that he's just wiping out with his power that i've like right. heard a little bit about but like i definitely don't want to spoil that for anyone or for you because it's something that i want to check out for sure yeah um so is there any other moment or episode that you think was really cool really interesting or that you had a question about in this episode of wandavision not not really because the thing is that like a lot of the questions were kind of already answered for the most part like obviously mm-hmm. there were some questions that were asked um you know like uh like for me, but but I don't I don't think that there was anything so because it was a little bit more of his it was almost like a repeat of episode three, but just from another perspective, another point of view. Mm-hmm. Um you know and we kind of touched on everything, like what's another scene? All right, um, so well, I mean, I guess I guess, I guess like like um, I uh, the one thing that I'm most interested in is mm-hmm. in you know, like we saw the from like our end i think it was in episode two or was it episode three i think yeah no it was in the beginning of episode three where like there was an answer or a question that vision gave that that wanda didn't like so she just like real quick just like you know a tv edit uh you know reset of the scene and then we get a a little a different answer to the same scene you know yeah Um, they didn't even see that moment right where vision right yeah they didn't see that moment they didn't see it they they didn't see any of the moments like when we saw in episode two when we saw um uh what's her name break the glass and cut her hand and then we saw the blood in in red you know Mm -hmm. we saw like a bunch of stuff going on there but from their end they didn't see anything they just saw like when uh when 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 Wu was uh trying to contact her they just saw the screen shift and reset and just kind of you know, go into the actual episode. That's so true. there's we definitely stuff see, that they're not getting. They didn't see the moment when Geraldine slash Monica was ejected from the reality and they didn't see mm-hmm. um what else was it? They didn't yeah, see on the, that one the it moment. just it just it just cut it just cut straight to it just cut straight yeah. to to um straight to the credits. I feel like they didn't see the moment when when Herb was like sawing or they didn't mention in this episode it was kind of like sawing through the fence and we didn't see i don't think we saw what happened to the sword agent slash beekeeper either right we didn't see what happened to him in the reality and we didn't Mm. see in the show when she rewound that moment because i guess from the feed in the real world they didn't Mm -hmm. even see him show up come out of that sewer 
manhole cover. So like, there's a lot of moments like that, that it seems like somebody, if it's not Wanda or if it's somebody using Wanda's powers Um, is editing out of the feed, so to speak. So I need to kind of, uh, so I was doing a little bit of a checking online on IMDb just Mm -hmm. because I couldn't help myself. And I don't usually like to look at castings and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And I Mm -hmm. couldn't find anything for Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness, but that's because they don't release the entire cast until the movie is out. Right. Yeah. But speaking of voodoo, he goes away by a very specific name. Mm -hmm. And I happen to check Dr. Strange in 2016 and he shows up in Dr. Strange. His name is Daniel drum. That's his actual name. So Voodoo actually made an appearance in the MCU already. In what you mean in in one of these episodes. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. In the original Doctor Strange movie. Oh, okay. Okay. Daniel Drum. They already wrote him in to the MCU. So it's very possible that we might actually see Voodoo show up or be connected part of either WandaVision or connected through Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. It seems like it's inevitable then if they if they announced him. Like, that seems like how Kevin Yeah, Feige like, they casted him and everything, and, like, you know, he was already there. So I would assume that, like, they put him in the first one, and then maybe they're going to set him up for this one. Um, but they're not going to, like, if, he's, if, if, if he was just, like, he had a very small role. Um, he was one of the uh, sorcerers at the temple and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Had a very, very small role in that film, but they weren't going to plant them in that film if they weren't going to use them in the future. Because otherwise, why not just use an extra it could be like why um, actually cast why actually cast Daniel Drum, who also is Doctor Voodoo or Brother Voodoo. It could be kind of like the 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 setup for Mysterio in Spider Man Far From Home, how he was yeah. like yeah. the background of for like sure. Tony sure. Stark's for sure. goings on all this time. It's definitely possible. I mean, and dropping Which that. Which then, if it's true, the if it's true, then that it's means all. that that's how deep Kevin Feige is. That he will go that far back into 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 the timeline to kind of develop this well he's actually oh a comic God. writer in a way if you think about it because he's this developing is this is each crazy. of these details it's like a big marvel event right he's like creating all of these plot points that they kind of have to hit but yeah he gives the writers room to create the dialogue and all that and sometimes they even improvise which is famously mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. the iron man movies were created at least with um john favreau at the helm so, yeah. like, as long as they hit those story beats, which isn't that, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not complicated. Of course, it's really complicated and it's excellent writing. But, like, if you do it as well as Marvel has, this is why we get these amazing moments in shows like WandaVision that are leading to something greater and mm-hmm. and very possibly leading to many, any number of things that Kevin Feige is pulling inspiration from, but not storylines from, which I think is why it works so well, right? Because the storylines are not really exactly pulled from any of these plays like thor thor ragnarok is a perfect example right we had our planet hulk influences Mm -hmm. we had all these great influences but they weren't the storylines but like it worked really really well for that and i mean i guess we'll see how how we progress with wandavision episode five which i'm more and more excited for each episode that we watch so far i don't know about you and i i do have to say no i am i'm really happy they they didn't just take this and make it six episodes because the pacing is so much better stretched out to nine i think right but i feel i I do feel like this past episode felt really really short to me to be honest 
it felt very, very short. And it was, I mean, it was like 27, 28 minutes. I think but, it's also you know, because you're kind of revisiting the last episode in a way. Yeah, I know. So that's the thing. So like the last like six minutes is almost like, like taking away from the episode because we already saw these, even though we are getting a little bit more information, we're still seeing less of this. I feel like this episode. So, um, so I almost think that for me, this episode's almost like episode three B because it's still, it still takes place in the same timeline of episode three. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so can we, should we, do we, do we want to rate these episodes? You know, I really episode? don't want to rate the episode just we because, I mean, we could, but it's just a, like, I thought about this uh, over our last uh, episode and it's kind of hard to rate the episode if we don't know what the implications of the episode are. Right. Like what if, you know, the stuff that happens in this episode has such a huge overarching effect on everything else that happens, then it's got to be a 10. But then if it doesn't really have any kind we don't know. So it's hard for me to rate it without getting the entire context. OK, so, um, so let me, I would let me say, give a different slight different system okay. slightly Then no no numbers. Just is this episode like I said, is it making you more excited to see oh, yeah, what's going to sure. happen for sure. Right. But that's something that WandaVision is doing. Every episode makes me want to watch more, you know, not just watch more. Not like I'm, I'm waiting on pins and needles now for the next episode. Like I want to watch mm-hmm. it at 3 a.m., you know, a, a Friday morning, Friday <laughs> night, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Because I want to know. I want to know, you like, to know. is it Mephisto? Is it Dr. Doom? Are they going to bring Brother Voodoo into this? Are they going to, is it, is it, is it, is it House it of M? I need to know what's going to happen in the next phase and when any of those things happen it's like if any of those things happen it's gonna probably blow your mind yeah it seems like they're Mm -hmm. executing it right so far i mean as long as they stick the landing right that's all we need that's all we need i mean they they kind of do i don't i can't recall anything that marvel's put out that like to me i thought it was ultron but i was sadly mistaken i didn't have faith i should have i should have i should have rewatched this sooner you know what else? There, there's something that Marvel hasn't done either that I kind of gives me more confidence. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've really started a movie on on a, or anything on such a high note, and mm-hmm. then like faltered. Yeah. Yet, right? We haven't seen them like totally blow the landing, so to speak, in terms of how they end the movie or whatever show it is. Because things like Agent of Shield got better and better, and that was kind of partially because Kevin Feige started to get more and more control, but. That I mean, I guess we in Feige we trust is basically yeah. mm-hmm. what we're gonna say about this. And it makes me more and more excited for other properties, like we said, like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and Loki and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which are yeah, all I wanna really see cool I wanna see the entire so MCU timeline now again, including Doctor Strange. You know, Doctor Strange is one that like I feel like probably has a lot of little tidbits. I'm pretty now sure that I know that Daniel Strange Drum is in there. Release hasn't changed yet because you know how it's been. They're like, no, no, no. Like, I mean, like uh, the first the one, dance. the movie, the first movie. Oh, the first like, movie, like, 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 Mar- like, it's just, it's making me want to watch everything, just because I want to know what might be coming. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna look for the little hints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. I understand. Yeah, I think I wanted to go back and definitely watch Age of Ultron as well. So that's something that I'm gonna do at some point in the next couple of weeks and maybe geek out about it in the same way that you have. Mm-hmm. 
All right. All right. So, yeah, man, I think we had a good convo about WandaVision this week, and I am really excited to see where we're going to go moving forward with WandaVision episode five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Check it out on Disney Plus, y'all. And I'll say as as kind of a closing thought on WandaVision for me, like I I kind of use her for as a as a great guide. My girlfriend is enjoying it as well. So like even if you're not into MCU stuff, as long as you understand a little bit of it, and you can probably just watch Marvel Legends on Disney Plus mm, to get yeah. caught up, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then just watch this, you'll you'll probably enjoy it. Or at least have a boyfriend that knows enough and is patient enough to explain small moments to you in the episode. And she's not annoying about it. So thank, yeah. I, I thank her for that also. It's only some some basic questions. <laughs> so I definitely enjoyed it. Um, yeah, y'all. We want to give y'all a reminder out there and a thanks as well for dealing with any remote sound issues, audio artifacts, or other problems that y'all heard in the episode. Please give us any feedback that that you want to give in terms of the audio, in terms of the episode, in terms of the content, in terms of any questions, in terms of any episodes that you want to see or any topics that you want discussed in the future in the Get Geek podcast and for the Get Geek community. And again, the best way to support your favorite podcast, if you're listening, obviously we're your favorite podcast, is to like, rate, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Again, you know the spiel. You can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms, wherever your favorite podcasts are sold. So thank you to our totally, totally awesome fans, as always, for tuning in to us. Um, Is there anything left to say, or should I just say? Stay geeky, my friends. Peace, y'all. Enjoy WandaVision. One division, one division, one division. <laughs>